0: You're listening to episode 184 of the Mamas Conganas podcast. Today, I interview Pam Covarrubias, host of the globally known podcast,
1: Cafe Pam. You'll learn about how she bet on herself to begin her journey as an entrepreneur and how she became the business coach her immigrant mother needed. <music> Welcome Pam to the Mamas con podcast. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
1: Pam, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for quite a long time. I think you're one of those, I guess, Latina, Latine pioneer podcasters. I mean, you started this a while back. I know we had met and I was, I wanted you to be on my podcast, but I have to tell the truth. Because I think, you know, sometimes we have to admit where we can become intimidated. I was really intimidated about contacting you and about like asking you, would you be on my podcast? And listen, I'm getting like goosebumps right now as I say that, because sometimes we can get in our way. And I was like, is she going to even say, yeah, we get scared, you know, of of like rejection as I have to say that. Thank you so much for being here.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, thank you so much. And, you know, I hear that often from other podcasters who are like, I've been wanting to reach out, but I don't know if you were going to say yes. And what I will say is reach out because when I started, a lot of people said no. So many people, literally. I I started in 2016 when podcasting wasn't cool and when people didn't even know what a podcast was. And I did it with a lot of fear. And I was like, well, what's the worst thing they can say is no. And a lot of people told me no. And the people that said yes, it was super fun and we became friends because I'm like, you told me yes in episode three, remember? <laughs> so
1: Yes. Well, I just listened to, by the way, congratulations on your 300 episodes. Oh, my goodness. That is like it's such a an accomplishment. I don't think that sometimes it, people don't realize just how much consistency, how much effort, how much work goes behind all of this. So truly, congratulations. And I heard that you had the people that had said yes to you come on your latest episode and you did like a group uh, of an episode.
2: Yeah, we did a reunion because when I would reach out to podcasters, unfortunately, there's still. I mean, back then was a little bit more. I think there's less of that competition type of attitude, and because there's there were so few of us. Es como. Can I speak English? You can speak English. Yes. It's <laughs> como como que back then it was still very like, let me get up there and then I'll decide if I can help you type thing instead of let's just link up and like push together. Exactly. And so it was really, it was really sad at the time. And so for episode 300, I brought the people that said yes to me immediately without a doubt, without asking me how many people listen to you or how many followers do you have? Or really, they looked at me for the human that I am instead of for the numbers that are attached to my profile.
1: That's awesome. And and I, first of all, how did you get you know, how did you have the idea to do a podcast? Where did it come from? I mean, do you come from a from a, a family of entertainers? Like, take <laughs> us back a little. Give us a little bit of background where you were raised and like how this idea of a podcast came to be.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Mexico City. I was born in the U.S. and grew up in Mexico City. So my dad never liked the U.S. And the moment I was born, I was taken back to the motherland. Oh <laughs> my! And
1: city, by the way. I love El D.F. I live
2: is, is, is the best. And so I am I'm an immigrant. I came to the U.S. when I was in, I graduated high school. I wanted to go to college for una razón o otra. No entré at the university of Mexico City. And se me aprendió el foco. And I was like, you know what? I'm a U.S. citizen. A lot of people wish they were a U.S. citizen. I guess as a U.S. citizen, I have rights to go to college there. That's all I knew. I had no idea how things worked. I had no idea that you had to apply. I had zero clue. I was just like, I'm gonna use this like birth certificate that says something about me to go (laughs) to to college. And so I came.
1: Did you speak English? Like did you grow up speaking, like being bilingual?
2: No. I came to the US when I was, so I did part of high school in the US and I was like immediately put in the ESL class. My best friend at the time, she was from Brazil. And so when I, her and I, like, met each other at the ESL class, we started immediately speaking English to each other because she was like, I'm here to learn English. And I was like, I'm here to learn English. I don't want people to make fun of me. Like, I hear my cousins make fun of my mom's English. And so at that moment, I decided that I was going to speak English. And I still, like, I never, nunca se me olvida quién soy y de dónde vengo, you know? Pero I... I guess bullying made me just be very diligent about my accent and losing it and sounding the most American I can.
1: That's interesting because I was going to say that it's, in, it, you know, for most people that come to the States after the age of, I would say, 12, usually that's the cutoff mark. Yeah, and they have a very strong like Latin accent.
2: Hmm. I, I mm-hmm. literally made a promise to myself that nobody was ever going to make fun of my English. That's because so, wow, yeah yeah so and so
1: about language we always get like we always have this stigma I think as immigrants of being made fun of no matter what it is that we do with the language whether we speak Spanglish right, mm-hmm. or whether we speak it, only you know only English <laughs> and if we consider ourselves Latina and then don't speak Spanish do we speak Spanish proper enough it's so funny we're always giving ourselves labels and and uh, so criticizing
2: nice. <laughs> right like yep. and so unnecessary totally. and so so that kind of was like the beginning of my English speaking journey. Went back, finished high school in New Mexico City, did the whole college thing, went to found a tiny college in the Midwest and I'd never been to the Midwest. My family's in the in LA, California. All my family's in California. Okay, so, except for my sister now.
1: Where in the Midwest did you go?
2: In Missouri.
1: Missouri, oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: Quite <a> like difference. <laughs> middle America. Like when you okay. talk about America, I have learned America. <laughs> and and it was an experience because I got a full immigrant experience. I got yelled at for speaking Spanish at a Walmart with my aunt. I was like profiled for my English in an English paper. I, you know, so many things that I got to experience as an immigrant that has the privilege of being a U.S. citizen. It's, like, really fascinating. And so I went to college, and then I got a corporate job. Like, lots of things happen in between, but I got a corporate job. Started traveling a lot, and I started listening to podcasts. This is, like, 2013, 14, maybe. And I love listening to interview-based podcasts. And always, when I was little, I wanted to be in radio. But it just felt this, like... My my grandfather was an attorney, and he was like, you know, the very typical like lawyer, engineer. My dad's an engineer; like he he has a degree in engineer. So it's like being in radio, anything creative is like mm, no. You keep That's like
1: my story. My parents are engineers too, and when I told them I wanted to be an actress, they were like, "You're crazy! You're gonna be a right. star!" So I totally. Yeah.
2: Oh, Como crees? No, <laughs> <"Loka. laughs> you're too Otale. smart. For that. <laughs> totally, totally, and so. I was listening to interview-based podcasts because it was so fun. And as I was traveling by myself, I was it was kind of like my way of feeling that I had company by listening to other people have conversations. And what I realized is that the people that looked, sounded like me were not being interviewed. And all the stories that we were being shared, none of them were by immigrants. Or if they were immigrants, they were like already millionaires. So they were already doing like, huge things and i was like well what happened to like the eighth grade teacher that ha- is changing lives of her students what happens to the single mom that's single-handedly building a business and taking care of their children i want to hear those stories and i looked and nobody was doing it and it took like two three years <laughs> and then finally i was like well i guess i guess if i want the thing i need to create the thing so that's how cafe compound started
1: and were you working in corporate at the same time that you started the podcast?
2: Yeah, I was still in my corporate job. i It's funny because I put a microphone on my vision board one day and I woke up with this urge of like, I need to find a microphone. And so I found a microphone. I didn't know why. And I just put it on my vision board. And two weeks later, I am having dinner with my friend Henry. And he's like, so what's at the end of the night? So we had dinner, we talked about everything. And then at the end, he's walking me to my car and he's like, so what's next for you? And I was like, you know, I want to do this like podcast. Like, I don't know. Like I've been listening to them and it's super cool. I want to talk to people, share stories of people like me. But there's one thing that I need. I got a microphone on Craigslist and I just don't know how to edit audio. Like I have zero clue how to do that. And at the time, nobody had courses. Like there was no <laughs> anchor, didn't exist, you know? And so and he looked at me and he said, Pam, do you remember what I do? And he's a music producer.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> That's like when the stars align. Those yes.
1: are the moments. That's a sign from God.
2: Those are the moments. Oh, yeah. And so he became my first producer. And he was like, I'll be happy to help you edit your show. Of course, I'm going to charge you because it's just fair. And I had a corporate job, so I could. And then I quit.
1: <laughs> how much How much into the podcast did you
2: quit your job? Probably like six months. Wow. into the podcast
1: because you did you say to yourself okay this i love so much that i want to just pour all my energy
2: into that like how did oh you- no no i mean the podcast in the beginning was like a selfish endeavor like i wanted to talk to people that i wanted to hear <laughs> so it was never like government is going to become a thing it was more like i want to have these conversations and make history oh. leave them for the world to listen to when you know it's the year 2060 or whatever and so I quit my job because it was just time. It, it, was, it was one of those times when you've outgrown the place, the place has outgrown you. It was time. And I made the abrupt decision without a plan. <laughs> no savings, no plan. And I put my two weeks notice. And then two weeks later, I found myself, quote, at work. <laughs> my desk, I'm a little desk at my house. And I was like, all right, it's time to figure out how to make money. I had no plan, like literally zero. I was just so fed up that my body was like, you can't do this anymore.
1: Wow. Sometimes it's so strong. <laughs> that sensation of like, uh, uh-uh, uh this isn't working. You can't.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what was that like? <laughs> That's very interesting. Like you find yourself, you had something that was secure. Cause I think a lot of people are really afraid to take risks even when that risk comes from a very like strong intuitive place,
2: mm-hmm. so especially yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Especially that immigrant thought of being este país para crear un futuro seguro, right? I, I left my country to get like something that is foundationally stable. Then <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, just kidding. I'm gonna figure this out myself. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's just gonna work. So then
1: what next, like, how did you like, how would you say that you, yeah, where did you go to or your resources? How did you have ideas to making it like to monetize this business? Like, because I, I know everybody's asking themselves right now. That, that <laughs> what, she did? Like, what did she do?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I had enough savings for maybe a month or two, maybe. Okay. And the first question that I asked myself was, what can I do to make money that I don't have to learn? One, what skills do I already have that I can monetize? Two, if I'm going to get another job to bring in some income for the time being, if I'm committing to me making money by myself, it has to be a job where I can leave behind because I am that person that when I have a job, I like take it home. I'm working like all the time. And so it had to be something that I could leave behind. And it was a really humbling moment, it really was, because I had to decide, well, I'm a designer by trade, and I already had a little bit of some freelance work that I was always doing, I always had a side hustle. And I thought, well, let me reach out to my current clients, maybe they have more work. And they did, but it wasn't sustainable enough, it wasn't going to completely replace my salary, it wasn't going to replace my salary, it was like,
1: when you say designer, are you talking about like a web designer, like that kind of graphic design? designer, graphic designer? Got it.
2: So I reached out to <laughs> existing clients, okay. try to sell them more stuff. And they were like, well, like they had some, but not enough to completely replace my income. And so then I thought about what am I going to do to make money that doesn't require me to get a, like a job job? And I called one of my friends, may she rest in power. She passed away. And she was the manager of a restaurant. And I was like, Lindsay, do you have a job for me? I remember when I was in college, I served. And so I was like, if I go back to serving, it's a a stepping stone. And this role is going to allow me to have cash on hand all the time. Because I did it before. I knew how to do it. I love people. I love interacting with people. And I give it an intention. And so she gave me the first, it was kind of like, I don't know if you've ever worked in hospitality, but those people who work in hospitality is like, there's layers to the roles. And so the first weekend I was a hostess. So I was literally working alongside a 14 year old girl, <laughs> sitting people in tables when I was the person being seated before I was an executive before. And now I'm in the front of the house doing this and that was brutal. And that was really humbling. And I, came home crying every day and I came asking myself, did I do the right thing? Like, is this, is this really, could I just go, I had job offers. My former clients literally were like, we have a job for you. Clients that I was dealing with in my other company, I had offers laid out and I only had to say yes. And so I really had to believe in myself at that moment and and like be very strong. And so Lindsay said, okay, what do you want to do? You can't be a server because it was a craft beer restaurant. And so she's like, You don't know enough about beer to be serving craft beer. And San Diego is like the craft beer mecca. So she's like, You have to really know your stuff. And so, and you don't. And so, the only like, we can put you behind the bar. And it was like a bar slash coffee place. So I became a barista. And but she was like, You have to pass a test. You have to know how to pour a latte. You have to. Like I had café con pan, right? So I'm like, I know about coffee. And she's like, no, but you have to know how to make coffee. And so what I did the first, the two weekends that I did, I hosted after my shift, I would go behind the bar and literally sit behind the baristas and they would get so annoyed. <laughs> but I would be like, you have to teach me. And I would just like start doing it. And by the next I did it four times for like Saturday Sunday Saturday Sunday and so the last Sunday I was like okay test me and I poured a latte and she was like well you could do better but you got it so I got upgraded or I got a promotion to now be behind the bar and then I decided this role is my networking I'm a business owner now I'm officially a small business owner and every day that I come to this coffee shop, this is how I'm going to meet people. This is going to be my daily networking where I talk about what I do. Every single person that pays me, I'm going to imagine that they're paying me for my services, which they were, but like for my business, you know? So it was this like very intentional, like brainwashing that I was doing with myself. And that's... You want me to keep going? I have more stories?
1: Yes. No. This is really. No. I think it's fascinating. I'm letting you go because it, believe me, I'll stop you. But I love hearing this because when I'm listening to this, what I see is the type of mindset. So that my the, the whole Mama's Conganas podcast is all self improvement, and I, and one of the things that I talk about constantly are like the thoughts that we have go through our mind Indeed. and like being so intentional. Exactly what you're saying with what we're thinking about. And so when I'm listening to you that's why I'm letting you go on and on because I feel like it's so important for other people to understand like the type of person that you are in terms of like the thought that goes through your mind and the things that you're intentionally putting there is what has gotten you to where you are. What I see is somebody who's focused number one on solving problems. I think a lot of people get stuck on, Oh, I can't do this. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to pay my rent. And that their entire focus is on the failure and the fear that they have around something Rather than saying, you know, you could cry, like you said, you were crying yourself to sleep, right? You know, but and you can like feel the emotions and the frustration and like go through that humbling experience where you're like, shit, yeah, I was before I was the person who was sitting down and now I'm working next to fit 14-year-olds. But you're you're doing it with the intention of knowing where you're going and you have like a goal. And you're and you're the entire time what I'm hearing is like solution? How do I find the solution to my problems? And I think when we go in that route, there's no, there's nothing at the end of the day. Yes, we might fall a million times, but at the end of the day, you're going to get somewhere because you, you're you kind of prepping. And like you're saying, you're brainwashing. No, no, so another mm-hmm. question I have for you, I guess, you know, <laughs> you can keep on going, but I want to know also, where does this mindset come from? Like, where, where are you somebody who has is this coming naturally or something that was intuitive or were you listening to books? Were there books that you were doing or exercises? Cause I know that now you're into that whole world, but back then you were you like, you know, what's helping you with your mindset at this moment in time?
2: <laughs> I mean, I grew up with a single mom and I got to witness her own self brainwashing when things weren't working. And one thing that she always told us was, You always have a choice because when my my parents first separated, I didn't have a dad come to like the Father's Day celebration anymore or like, you know, things that would happen. Like I only had one parent show up. And so back in the day, now divorce is like a little bit more, I don't want to say common, but it's a little bit more accepted. When I was little, it was like, oh, you are that child of the divorced parents. Oh my God! And so it was just like, yeah, like the stigma and the shame that was like placed on it. And so my mom would always tell us like, you have a choice. You can't control what other people do, but you have a choice of how you choose to feel based on what they're doing.
1: Oh my God. If you're
2: hearing people.
1: (laughs) uh, Amen to that. No, seriously. It's all about perspective. And that's the, it's it's such a big power, like to be able to look at something and read, you can reach two conclusions. Yeah, either reach an empowering conclusion or in a, a disempowering conclusion. And when something's depressing us or making us feel down, all we have to look at is a different, look at it in a different perspective, which I think a lot of people think, well, no, this is the circumstance. I can't look at it in a different way. But there are always different ways that we can look at something. There's always,
2: There's always a way. And so I went back to those moments where I was hearing people like, my my mom side of the family doesn't like my dad, obviously, for obvious reasons. And so... One of the things that my mom never liked was for, she never once talked bad about my dad to us. And to this day, she like now she gets annoyed and, you know, we're adults, so it's a little bit different. But when we were kids, she made sure that she never talked shit on my dad because she was like, regardless of who he is, he's still your father. And so when, what she couldn't control was the things that people elsewhere would say. And so she would always bring it back to us like, you're hearing these things, but you're choosing how you're feeling about it. And so when I was in this place, I was serving coffee, I was exchanging coins with people. I was choosing to feel deserving. I was choosing to feel abundant. I was choosing to feel like this was my networking place. This is my place where I'm going to meet clients. This is like a free space where so many people come through every day. And what an honor to just like have access to so many humans and that's how I I did it. (laughs) I
1: love that. I love that so much. You have no idea because those moments, particularly when they're so hard and, and you feel like you've gone backwards instead of forwards. I think that the one thing that will get you through it is like the correct perspective, like looking at it and making conclusions that actually make you feel like you're going to get somewhere and like making it feel like it has a purpose, like that, that, that moment in your life, no matter how hard it is, if you, if you really like brainwash your head into thinking this has a purpose, there's a reason that this is happening to me. It's life is happening, you know, for me, not just to me. This is gonna get me somewhere else. I'm supposed to learn something from this. I feel like if that there's one thing that we can all take away from this experience is is that the power of being able to channel your thoughts in the in the right in the right way and in, into the right focus. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. now, like, when I know you have your, you became like a, a business coach. You have a membership, a group mm-hmm. of people that you coach. How did that come about? Um, and I became the
2: coach my mom needed. Oh my gosh.
1: I wanted to figure <laughs> that out, that this is where it's going, where it's headed.
2: It's funny because I, So I was serving coffee and I was still doing the podcast. So Henry, to kind of like connect the story, I had to tell Henry like, yo, I can't pay you anymore. And he was like, well, I'm going to teach you how to edit edit this thing because I think it's really cool. I think you are like sharing really awesome stories. I think what you're doing has to happen. So I'm going to teach you how to edit. And boy, was that hard (laughs) because I... Audio is not my thing. I mean, I can create images and move pixels all day, but like sound waves is like so hard. And with my ADHD brain, it just like does not work. It would take me like eight hours to edit one hour episode. It was too much. And so, but I did it. I still did it. I took breaks, you know, and like there's gaps in Cover where like maybe two weeks I didn't publish because I just needed that. But I had to learn how to edit edit the show and I got comfortable because as a server... I And this is a server that loves people. I had clients that would come to me all the time. And I mean, people would buy a $4 latte and give me a $10 bill. And they were like, the rest is yours, right? And so I had cash on hand all the time. And it was nice. And I got comfortable. And this is where like, can't be complacent. Because then the universe will be like, all right, you ready? And then one Monday, Lindsay calls me and she's like, hey, she's crying. Like she's bawling and she's like, I can't talk right now, but you can't, don't come today. Don't come today. I have to make a lot of phone calls. I'll call you at the end of the day. And I was like, this is weird. I didn't do anything. So that was my day where I would come in at 12. So I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, it's fine. She calls me at the end of the day and she's like, the restaurant closed. Oh my God. Like done. It's clausurados, puerta cerrada, everything. And she was crying because she had to let everyone go. And when she called me at the end of the day, she said, I only told you that because I knew you were going to be okay. I was crying for the single mom that I had to fire. I was crying for the chef. I was crying for like all the kitchen people. But for you, I only gave you that quick call because I knew you were going to be fine. And that made me believe in myself a little bit more because I was like, well, shoot. Okay, (laughs) now it's really time to get it together. (laughs) And so... Six months later, I was really comfortable having cash on hand all the time. And then I had to really go on my own like that. There was no more cushion anymore. That was my chance to build that little cushion that I needed. And now it's like, all right, you're going to be fine. And then I really started getting really diligent about freelancing. And I called one of my friends. And she she was a coach and she was like well what I can do is I can send my clients to you for design work and I was like great this is awesome and so then she started kind of like feeding me more design work and one of the things that my former boss told me before I left was if you really are serious about working for yourself you need to invest in yourself because if you don't as a business owner there's a lot of shaky ground that you stand on and if you're not strong it's not going to work. Absolutely. And so I really like I got to witness it because I, I was working. I was his right hand when I was in, in corporate. And so I got to go with coaches that he was hiring. I always was in the masterminds that he was a part of. And so I really kind of like remembered how impactful that work was. And the moment I could get a coach, I got a coach. And I still couldn't. I wasn't paying myself. I was just paying the bills and the coach. And it was a nonprofit program. So this is not like a huge coach, but she was awesome because I I ended up at this point, I grew, I had a boutique agency and I was branding and I had a designer and I had an assistant and like it it was working. And I became a creative director because I realized that my brain is not one to move pixels all day. I need to do fun things. I need to talk to people. I need to engage and... Uh, just have much more interaction. Inspire,
1: me too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes. It's like there's only so much like technical and like just task-oriented stuff I could do before I just go nuts.
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I became the creative director and talking to my coach. I was telling her all the things that I was doing. We were working on growing the business, and she said, "You know what, Pam." you can call yourself a creative director, you can call yourself a brand strategist, but really how you tell me that you work with people, you're coaching. You're coaching. And I was like, no, I'm not a coach. Like I live in San Diego, San Diego is the Mecca of personal development. Everyone is a coach, like, I'm not a coach. Like, no, thank you, I'm a creative director. And
1: I didn't know, by the way, that you're, you're saying it's the Mecca of, uh, of uh, personal development. That's really funny, actually, because I'm tr- I'm trying to while well, we're applying, but my kids are going to do the older ones, a uh, a Tony Robbins, hopefully, uh, workshop over there in, in San, San Diego. Diego. And I, I did uh, yeah. leadership Academy in San Diego. Over, over... That's so funny. I'm telling you,
2: it's <laughs> the Mecca. And so um, I was like, no, I I, I refused. And. She was like, I really think you need to look into it because the work that you're doing with your clients is, it's branding work and it's, you know, you're, you're building their brands and you're going deeper with them. You are asking really thought-provoking questions. You are like, I see you as a great coach. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. And so I was fed a, an ad like soon after that for a coaching school. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this a sign or what is this? And
1: <laughs> you know, you, uh, Linda Garcia, who was on your podcast, was on my podcast recently, and it reminds me of her story because she was also kind of pushed into like the finance world. She was like, "What? No, I don't want to do finance." Kind of like what you're saying right now. Sometimes we're right. Uh, the the universe pushes us to do like things. We're like, "No, I don't want to do that." And it's kind of we're given <sighs> signs that that's where our direction's supposed to be in, but we're just like, "No, no, no, I don't want to do that."
2: <laughs> right? Like, no, gracias And so I talked to the coaching person, the enrollment person, like three times. It took me like a year to decide. And finally, I enrolled in the life coaching school. It's great. Now I'm one of their instructors, which is awesome. Like it's one of those like full circle moments. Would you mind sharing
1: the life coaching school that you went to? Yeah,
2: it's Lumia. Lumia Mm -hmm. coaching. And I... I did it. I fell in love with coaching. I was like, Oh, this is, I was coaching. I was actually coaching, (laughs) you know? And so after that, my friend whom I had called, that was a coach. She was like, Hey, I got this opportunity moving on from this, from this, what I'm doing now. Do you want to take on my clients? Because I think you would be a great coach for them. And she's a business coach. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> and so she was like, I think you'd be great. Hablas español? Estas son personas que tienen en español. O sea, que tienen negocios, pero español. Entonces, I wouldn't trust anyone with, with helping them in their business more than you. So I think you should take this. And so I acquired some clients, and they were like, that's when I realized I became the coach my mom needed because these were all immigrant women, they were all Spanish speakers, they were all a lot of them single moms. They were building businesses, they came with a dream and they just needed support. And so I was like, I got you.
1: That's awesome. And I, I am such like a big um and my my mama said, no, I'm all about coaching. Like I I have my own coach and I have coaches for different parts of my life. Oh. I have coaching when it comes to my acting career. I have coached for for like just in general for my life. I feel like it's so helpful because we all need, no matter how successful you get, you always need a coach. Like we always 100%. have to be able to like to like, you know, bounce ideas off another person and to see your life from somebody sort of like from some somewhere else, another perspective. And, you know, what coaches do really well is they ha- they ask really good questions that get, mm-hmm. get us to start thinking and thinking and and thinking about things that we normally wouldn't think about.
2: Right. No, now I'm all about co- like, same. I have a coaches for everything. Like I'm, I'll am i always spend money on coaches. Now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I could get addicted. No, because we see the results. We see results. when We do that. We're like, wow, I was, you know, I was here when I started. Now I'm here in that particular area of my life. When you just start, you know, they say when, where focus goes, energy flows. And when you decide to focus on bettering something in your life, there's no- nothing else that can happen except it blooming because you're putting a lot of energy into that area.
2: 100%. Yeah. So that's how I became the coach my mom needed.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, a- another question I had for you, I guess, cause I'm a podcaster as well. And I know that like, I believe that like what it is that we are doing at the moment, like whatever our calling is, or our career or our purpose is also what sort of, uh, how do you say shakes you? I I know that like doing this for myself, like doing this and my acting, it's like those things that like push me to get out of my comfort zone. They're the things that make me grow. They're the things that have me observe myself in a way that I can see where my weaknesses lie and what it is that I need to get better at. Do you feel like it's the same for you? Do you feel like in the creation of your business, it's what's made you like become a better person in different aspects of your life? Like I want to know your thoughts about that. 100%.
2: I tell people now, if you want to start a business, more so like if you want to work on your trauma, start a business (laughs) because it will bring everything up. Literally all of your insecurities, all of your limiting beliefs, they will just show up. And this is why I, now I believe it's so important to have a coach because the coach, the purpose of having someone support you is to point out those things. Like, yeah, you're holding yourself back because you don't believe it's true or you're not charging more because you don't have self-worth or, you know, insert whatever. And so, yeah, 100%, like all my personal development has, I believe, just completely enhanced through the growth of my business.
1: That is so, I'm laughing because it's so funny mm. when you bring it up as trauma, you know, it's like, if you want to see like where you're the most efficient in and yep. where you really suck still, like you say, start a business, start a business. Yes. Oh yes. That is so <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. Cause I see that for myself too. Like I, it's constantly showing me like where I can improve. Sort mm-hmm. of, I, I think it's sort of like marriage is also like that. Or having kids also, you see, yeah. it's kind of like that mirror, that, that, that business can be the mirror for where you're we, growing like, something, you're growing, oh, you're building God. something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So what, where is, um, where are you going next? Like by curiosity like, do you have something like, is there a dream? Cause I, I mean, you're doing, you do so much, but is there a next step? I guess if we were to look forward ahead. And I, I guess to in order to put it out there in the universe to manifest, like what's the next step for Bum? And where do you see yourself? Next like, step. Maybe something that scares you, but you're like, that's, oh, it's definitely a gold mine.
2: I want to have 500 power sisters inside the Power Sisters Method, which is my accountability and productivity program that I started because of my ADHD and I realized the power of accountability. And I think having built an ecosystem that's supportive to people it's just growing. It that's next. For as far as Gafi Kampam goes, I want to Gafi Kampam is becoming like a media company in a way, and I would love to do have a studio to do in person interviews. That's how the idea originally started. I mean, it's Café Con Pan, right? So I wanted to sit down at coffee shops and have conversations. But then I realized soon, very, very soon into doing this, that coffee shops suck for acoustics. And so they're not the best for doing interviews unless you have the right equipment. And, you know, when I was starting out, I had a Craigslist microphone that a rapper used to use, you know, like not at all the right equipment. And so I think... What, what I would love to see is for more eyes on the stories that I've been sharing for a long time. I, which with that, I know comes, you know, difference in, in opinions. I've been getting negative reviews, which is super fun to, to see because that shows me that the podcast is growing and it's, it's like poking, poking, you know, feelings, which is great. Like that's what we want. And so More eyes, I think visibility. This year, I'm working a lot on on more visibility and positioning more myself as a subject matter. I don't like the word expert, but just like someone who knows about mindful productivity, about using mindset tools. But also, I'm an EFT practitioner, which is a very somatic practice. I think it's important to invite people to feel the feelings, you know, and and have the tools to support you as you feel, because one thing is throwing at having a tantrum but supporting you as you tantrum it's important and so really expanding on on the message that i want to share which is we can be fun exciting do awesome things and take naps while we eat tacos why not
1: i love that and i love the the phrase that you you used or the the term mindful productivity because i think a lot of times when we think of productivity it almost can like oh I can feel like Mm -hmm. so like a word that just drags you down like the word discipline like I had to really develop a love you know in a relationship with the word discipline before I would hear it I'd be like oh discipline it's like so annoying it's like do Mm -hmm. I you know but now it's like discipline I hear discipline I'm like yeah it's like it's your powerhouse it's like you know it's a different feeling and when you say productivity can be a word like that for a lot of people where they hear productivity and they're like oh I have to be productive and like it just sounds so like like weighing down. And, and so when you put the word mindful to it, you're like, oh, I can be mindful. And it it all of a sudden the word feels lighter and the word seems funner, funner. For I know sure. more fun. My husband, always, <laughs> it's, like, it's not such a thing as funner, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I think that's, that's very interesting to do, like with any words that we might have a, a bad relationship with, but that we know that that thing can help us. Adding that other side of the coin to that word can make it lighter and more fun for us, which I think it's so important to be able to have that balance, that yin and yang when you know so important with, with everything in life, whether it's our business or whether it's like the tasks that we have to do as mothers that might not be so fun, you know? <laughs> mm. and, yes. So oh, love it. <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh. We could go on and on, but thank you so much for the podcast uh episode. Thank I thank you like golden nuggets and the things that you talk about. I know that for you the best is yet to come. I can't wait to like see you in your trajectory as you like continue to expand and grow and and do all those beautiful things that you set your mind to do. Uh, please tell everybody where they can get coaching from you and join your membership and your group of uh, of people that are getting coaching from you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, you can find me on the socials at Cafe Compound Podcast. I am at Cobiux, which nobody can spell, but it's fine. So just search for Pam Covarrubias, <laughs> which also people can't spell, but it's just Cafe Compound Podcast. That's where you can find all the things. And Power Club. that's where you learn more about Power Sisters.
1: Wonderful. Um, And also you'll get all of her, of Pam's links, Mamacita, on mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 184. So go join her her group of wonderful people, like just making it happen. And thanks again, Pam, for, for being on the podcast.
2: Gracias a ti. It was a pleasure. Hey, it's Valentina.
0: Espero te gusto este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it, or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras Latinas.